0: Look out something is going to get you tonight. Let's talk about
1: the thing that's going to get you tonight. Welcome to the Happy Harvest Star Show. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey
0: and I'm Brian and this is the Happy Harvest Horror Show where we get together and talk about all our favorite spooky things happening today. Like always we got a good one. We always got a good one. We got a big one today.
1: It's all good. Yeah it's a it's a massive one. We'll try and keep it reasonably reasonably short. Not going to get too carried away hopefully but i don't know i don't know i can't promise anything so <laughs>
0: it's fun one. It's fun one. before we get though really diving into it Corey, you know what's coming i do how spooky was your week
1: um i mean it was really spooky just because like prepping for this episode was a lot uh <laughs> yeah. prepping for um we had book club this week. Yeah. So that just like filled up a ton of time uh, to begin with. Outside of that, I did a little uh, the other night when I was like, couldn't go to sleep and try and go to sleep. I did a bit of a marathon of my boys at BuzzFeed Unsolved. I talk about them a lot. I love them. And I'm going to bring them up in this episode, too, because they have some good content related to this topic. But uh, yeah, I hadn't I hadn't been watching their stuff for a while, and I just I, so I watched a bunch. I watched some true crime. I watched some some supernatural. And I do I just love I just love them. I love that series. Big recommend always.
0: So, are yeah, they still I guess, going? Or are they like? Have they solved it all?
1: So- <laughs> Everything is solved. Actually, I don't think they've ever solved anything. I think that's <laughs> okay. the. Um, I think anything has been solved on uh, that show. Interesting, you bring that up. So the two of them now have their own company called Watcher, mm. which is really fun. They do a lot of content that's similar but they're kind of putting their own spin on it cuz it's their own company, their own mm-hmm. media company. They have I think I've mentioned before they have a series that's really fun called Too Many Spirits where they like drink and read ghost stories from their audience and then that's they so like I love then that. they yeah, it's super fun and then they um rate them like how many spirits, you know? And it's, yeah. yeah, it's super silly and fun. And they're like around a campfire. It's a very fun series. Um, so like they have their whole new thing and they're still at BuzzFeed Unsolved, but I think they're kind of starting to phase out because they just dropped the last, the final BuzzFeed true crime episode. And that was actually, I think, watching that is what got me into my my little late night marathon so they just did their last for the whole series buzzfeed unsolved true crime they're still doing another season of paranormal though so i don't know if this is going to be the last season of paranormal but true crime is wrapped up i get the sense that they're phasing they're trying to move away from buzzfeed and just work on their own company now i love that yeah which is very cool
0: homegrown haunts i'm a big fan
1: yeah, yeah. So they're great. They do great spooky stuff. Big fan. Check them out. How spooky was your week, Brian?
0: It was pretty spooky. Yeah, as always, <laughs> it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. I got. Uh, I ordered a couple like spooky candles that came in. It's pretty good. Stuff. Oh, I've
1: got my my kitschy spooky wine glass. So
0: oh, I love it. I love Cheers. it. I got. Let me let me grab it. What's it called? It's a, the company uh, Misfire. And dread candles. All right. From and I thought I'd start off and try out their first one. This one, of course, is the shape. So if I was ever going to start off with one, it would be a Halloween movie one, right? <laughs> and in the scents are Halloween, apples, and cinnamon. And I love that Halloween is its own distinct scent, you know, other yeah, than apples totally. and cinnamon. But it's good, it smells great. It's blue. It is blue. I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah. Um, and I also got uh, from another one, Blush in Gloom is the it's a Tulsa, Oklahoma company. And this was recommended from a listener. Secluded New England mansion.
1: Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Isn't that where they we think. all want to be?
0: <laughs> and it smells like one. This one smells great. They uh, um, they both do, but I'm, uh, um, I am love candles. I fucking love spooky candles. And this uh, this Misfire and Dread, they've got, like dozens and dozens of them that's one thing just one goofy little thing that i like to you know collect i got some more back on the shelf back there um but uh uh what else what else i went i was you know just going through shutter and i was looking at movies to watch and i i rewatched 13 ghosts from mm. uh, early 2k you know yeah you
1: know? Um,
0: wow
1: i forgot what about. a trip matthew willard
0: yeah. you know yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Love um, Matthew Lillard. It's the guy from Monk. What's his name? What a movie. The bonkers movie. You know, they remake <laughs> it. The, the the Glass Clockwork House. Do you remember the movie? Yes, Jim- I, Jim- I yeah, do. Okay.
1: I love. I, I really liked that movie. I remember. I feel like that was one of them. They played on like, yeah, like cable TV a lot. Yeah, um, it was always on
0: channel. You yeah. know, yeah. I feel like there, there are a few that like I was really raised by. You know, growing up on the sci-fi channel that mm-hmm. was like my own mini shutter, you know, growing up and they and there was Tony Shalhoub. That's his name. That I had to look it up. It was going to drive me up. I Tony Shalhoub um, <laughs> shout out, like Tony this, Shalhoub. <laughs> out if you're listening, um, but 13 ghosts that was uh, there. I'm like ghost ship was another movie oh, that showed yeah. up a lot you know yeah, i just feel like there's like there's like five or six The
1: haunting you know?
0: the haunting the remake mm-hmm. yeah queen of the damned was always on Yep. always on mm-hmm. yeah man what a time what a time but anyway 13 <laughs> ghosts trippy trippy movie great you know practical makeup stuff it shot was just such a there was an attitude you know to horror mm-hmm. <laughs> in early 2000s yeah. were like we got a, you know, everything's flickering, everything's strobing, you know. <laughs> I was kind of getting exhausted watching it. I'm like, yeah, look at it, you know, <laughs> or not, like make up your mind, yeah. Uh, but still, one of the one of the all timer kills in that movie, the guy like the the glass doors shut and oh cut him yeah, sideways. You know, I remember that
1: I 100 percent. Well, now I remember that you just pulled that memory up. Like it
0: backs up the glass. Haven't
1: thought about that in probably over 15 years. But I how you forgot it. But, <laughs> but that it, you're out. right. That is that is an ultimate kill. That was a good moment.
0: And they like what I love about this one they did it in third in the opening of Ghost Ship, too, is like. They like really savored it. They're like, yeah, we did something good. You know what I mean? Like the kill <laughs> itself, it was, it's sudden. And then like he freezes and he's looking around and then the bow tie pops off and then the front half slides down. And then the, back like, we, we like really eat it up. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. No, like that's so ship. real. That is so real.
0: Wow. Oh, I kind of miss that. Like own it guys. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> I need to go
1: back and watch 13 ghosts. That's that. Yeah, that's definitely one that's
0: on shuttered TV. This is not a paid ad. Um... (laughs) Still not paid. You guys (laughs) (laughs) big fan. But uh, yeah, so that's, that was my, um, that's what I got. Spooky candles and 13 ghosts.
1: Very nice. Let's do our shout out. Let's do our shout out to our, Lovely supporters slash book club members. Just uh, if you're a first timer here and you, you like it here and you want to be a part of the book club, all you have to do is become a supporter of Happy Harvest Horror Show at anchor.fm slash HHHS slash support at any level as low as 99 cents a month or all your money. Really, whatever you want to do. And then you email us at show at gmail.com. Say, sign me up for the book club. And at the end of every month, we have a book club meeting. And you'll get the Zoom link. We had our first one this week. And it was so it was super fun. fun. It was so fun. Thank you so much to everyone who showed up. I I really had a great time.
0: <laughs> we're going to have a you. great time next month, too. Because we're reading Final Girl Support Group by Grady yeah, yeah, Hendrix. Yeah. Already got an HBO Max show coming. So like, let's get in there quick. You know, it's like we do we're running out of time for the show comes. Thank you. Thank you all to our supporters, which include Jenny, Julia, Whitney, Jody, Connor, Keith, Erica, Jody, Wendy, Morgan, Michelle, Jennifer, and Aaron. Oh my gosh. What a rock star list. You know what I mean? Love it. Like 13, 13 members now. 13, 13 members, ghosts. 13 ghosts. So thank you, 13 <laughs> of you ghosts for supporting <laughs> Our podcast keeps us going; it really does. And like I said, if you Corey said if you'd like to join in this great group, um, anchor.fm/hhhs/support. And final plug before we move into a topic: also every Tuesday and Thursday, you can join me at TwitchTV/slash Happy Harvest, where we play spooky games. We're going through Silent Hill right now, Silent Hill Two. That is, you think you saw a little bit of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been really fun, really spooky. The game makes me upset. So come get upset with us.
1: <laughs> it is a fun time. I I enjoy I enjoy the the Twitch times. This is my like you doing this was my first introduction to Twitch because I'm not a a gamer, and I really enjoy it. I and have a lot too. of fun. Just fun hanging on. out
0: online, you know.
1: Yeah, just like it's like we're friends or something.
0: It or something.
1: Yeah. So come be our friend. Tuesday, Thursday nights twitch.tv slash happy harvest
0: but now is time for us to make our best stab
1: at (laughs) the entire conjuring universe
0: (laughs) big fan you know
1: we're going for it with this episode um so for us i feel like to really get into the nitty-gritty of any of this, this episode would have to be like five hours long. So we're going to do our best to kind of, you know, move along and keep things condensed because the Conjuring universe is huge. Like there's so much to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're already on what? six, seven, eight movies now.
1: I Yeah. Something like
0: that. And it's growing. There's still like more in development. It's not going to stop. Are you kidding me? There's money it- on the table
1: yeah and and we'll get into that a little bit because there's it's very clear that there's money on the table, I think when you watch the movie. they are very
0: interested <laughs> in branching out in spin offs on spin offs you know
1: mm-hmm. um yeah i i think I think money is is central to this conversation at large on many levels from The Conjuring films all the way back to the stories that The Conjuring films are based on. I think we've got some, uh, uh, just a solid intersection of American spooks and American capitalism.
0: Tale as old as time. Truly,
1: truly. But before we kind of make our way through
0: the movies and
1: also the, the story of of the, the real-life people that these movies uh, were inspired by. Right. Let's start with the most recent, because Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, just came out, it was, like what, like two months ago now? Something like yeah. that? Yeah. Um. So it's still pretty, like, hot, you know, front and center. A lot of people watched it. A lot of people watching it. And... I I had some complicated feelings while watching it, but I want to start with you, Brian. What what were your initial thoughts when watching this movie? I, what did you like? What was Yeah,
0: what? yeah. Well, um, big fan, big fan of the conjuring movies, of course. They're great. Love one, love two, big fan of two. And so going into three, you know, the bar has been high. We've got a lot of spin-offs. Since Conjuring Two, you know, had three Annabelle movies, Law Yorona, a nun movie, and now we're getting back to, back to basics with mm-hmm. the Warrens. You know, I'm really like,
1: excited for when we get to Annabelle, though. I think Annabelle. Oh yeah, I mean, there's, like, I get stoked there, on the Annabelle. There's some, story.
0: there's some bangers in there, but we'll yeah. get to it. Um, we'll get
1: to it. We'll get to it. Conjuring Two. was
0: very excited getting back to the Warrens because I think this is my favorite part about one and two. Or just the film version of the Warrens. Big fan of uh, Patrick Wilson and Vera Firminga. That they, there is, there's a love there. You know, they're, they and that is the first they're and foremost. They're cute
1: as hell. They're like... cute.
0: They're an old spooky couple that loves each other so much. And that's like name one other instance of that you know (laughs) wonderful and i that's what i love so much about it and that's what i liked about three is that that was still at the forefront ed in this one is a bit more grouchy you know he's getting
1: because he's getting old
0: (laughs) writing me (laughs) and my grandpa a bit you know I think it was interesting not calling it the conjuring three and calling it the conjuring. The devil made me, I, I wondered about that when they announced it. I, th- I think one it, James one did not direct this one. He directed one and two and he's been, you know, kind of the orchestrator producing and story for a lot of the spinoffs, but James Wan is very good. He's very good at directing movies. Did the, you know, he did saw, did the insidious, he did a conjuring. Like he, he knows how to make a spooky movie. It was a different director that came in. It was the director of Curse of La Llorona that did The Devil Made Me Do It. What I'll say about it, what I like about it. I love the relationship with him. Big fan. I love the new direction this one kind of takes. That the first two Conjuring movies and a lot of these movies are a lot about possession. And this one is about that too. But I think this one kind of paves a new avenue into the occult. Into the kind of...
1: I have issues with that.
0: (laughs) We're going to talk about it <laughs> i love the occult thing i love that there's like now you know witches doing it instead of demons like coming in and the demons are there don't get me wrong we we, we got demons but i just like that it was branching out it wasn't the same thing we were getting new stuff yeah what i didn't like is that the the the, the scares were kind of you know shallow think a little bit there weren't i think what's so fun about the conjuring movies is, is the first two is they're so clever you know and how they scare their that's that's james Wan. he knows how to get scares that you haven't seen before um or he knows you know he plays with your expectations and really subverts them um this one i was like other than a couple things here and there i didn't i wasn't too spooked a lot of jump scares that were kind of rang hollow that's my kind of overall what are, what about you? Cause you've got thoughts You're I've got over thoughts. there, like listening, like,
1: <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. The movie version of the Warrens mm-hmm. want to be very clear. The movie version of the Warrens. Very cute. Uh, I enjoy, I enjoy that as well. I enjoy their, their love. It's very nice. Um, it. And yeah, love, love the concept of just an older ghost hunting couple. Very sweet. No no qualms here. Um
0: end of podcast. All right. And- <laughs> so guys-
1: okay. So I was really excited to watch this movie. I remember you told me like it was on HBO and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make a night of it. This is gonna be great. And I just I, there was just so many moments that I felt um like almost like alarm bells in my tummy. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact, this also has a lot to do with, you know, this wasn't too far out from like our satanic panic episode. And I am pretty knowledgeable about like the satanic panic stuff. Yeah. So I, I, my, I think my brain was just making connections really fast there. Yeah. Um. So I'm watching the movie, like really excited to watch it, like literally not going into it, you know, expecting to be super critical and just, just, Every moment I was like, this is hardcore Christian propaganda. Like, mm. and then I would like, I tried to kind of pull myself back from it because obviously, in stories of like exorcism and possession, there is always kind of a, a thread of that that happens.
0: Good and evil. Um, yep. and
1: yeah, exactly. It's the, and that's part of the issue. Like, I, on some deep level, don't like how the good and evil is set up in these movies. I think it lacks anything resembling nuance like anything at all (laughs) and so that like makes me kind of uncomfortable and then like so the main story is based on the story of arnie johnson which is a true story and this is where the name the devil made me do it came from because arnie johnson the the story of the trial of Arnie Johnson, which uh, happened in 1981 made big headlines because the defense was that the devil made him do it. So the headline was literally like the devil made me do it of this case. And in, in reality, the Warrens, the real life Warrens helped with this case. They helped with this defense and from their perspective, from what's been told from the family, like a lot of what happened at the beginning of this movie is what happened, according to all the people involved in this case in the 80s. Meaning, there was a young boy, there was a possession, they bring the Warrens in, people believe that the demon jumped from the young boy to Arnie. And then Arnie killed his landlord. That is that happened like that. You know, that's the story in reality. And then they 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 made the movie. Everything that happens with the occult stuff is n- not rooted in anything real at all. Like basically the true life story ends there. Right. Yeah. Um. With Arnie, he ended up going to jail for five years. So who knows? Who knows if to some extent the devil made me do it uh, defense kind of worked, but um so like they took a ton of liberties and adding oh, this yeah. whole new layer of yeah, basically there's this evil witch and the way the witch is portrayed that coupled with christian propaganda it's like big malleus maleficarum energy it's big witch burning energy right like when you think about the message that a big hollywood film is sending to a lot of people that are watching it it's it's sending a very clear message of like christianity is the right path and witches are in cahoots with the devil (laughs) And as someone who identifies as like a practitioner of witchcraft to a degree. And also, I know that millennials at large, a lot of us have moved into the space of more like witchy type spirituality, witchcraft, interest in the occult. Mm -hmm. It is dismissive, but I think also dangerous when you think about the fact that we're in a potential like satanic panic right now
0: it's not wrong so no.
1: that's and and it also comes from the place that like and i also want to state i am not someone who ever is going to make or i shouldn't say ever because that's an extreme word but i'm not someone that will make the claim that i don't think certain media should exist that's not what i'm saying here but what i do think is that a lot of people are going to consume this movie because it's very mainstream Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: not very many people are going to do their research and straight out the gate the movie says based on a true story and people are going to take that and they're going to say this uh this was all a witch's fault like i think that that is yeah that's very um, possible you know and so that to some degree really Ignited a fire in my belly that I didn't care for. D- does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense.
0: Yeah, I think there were there were some parts in this movie too, especially when it got to the courtroom scene where I was kind of like, boof, you know <laughs> I mean no uh, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no. Um, yeah, I think this one maybe asked for a little bit more suspension of disbelief than in in playing with its source material than in past ones. You know, like we've heard the exorcism story. They're all, you know, it's, it's all derivative of the exorcist. It's like, yeah, okay, we get it. That's what it is. So now we're like, but now we're playing with real life cases and then rewriting it in a way, mm-hmm. you know, that it's important to distinct what's real and what's not real. The, the movie version of the Warrens, super fun. Fucking love them. Cute <laughs> old couple fighting ghosts. Like get it. Like Heroes. Real life Warrens, like not so much. You know what I mean? That like,
1: there's some shady shit that we will get to.
0: <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's. I think the dismissive thing is interesting too, and we'll get later on when we talk to like other movies. Like Curse of Law Yorona deals with child abuse, and then the movie like makes the claim that like you know not makes the claim, but in the movie uh, it's all the the the, the spirit of Law Yorona. Mm-hmm. She's the one making them do it, and so it's like was well, that. So it wasn't really her committing child abuse it was it was a spirit you know so I feel like a similar thing happening here yeah, I don't know I, I agree that the suspension of this belief was a little more that I still had fun with it though for uh, sure
1: and that's fine and I'm not saying anyone shouldn't have had fun with it like it's I what you just said <laughs> <laughs> I'm <kidding. laughs> no I'm just saying I'm just saying that I mean ultimately what it comes back to is I think people, need to need to just have critical thinking skills, right? When we we consume media of any kind, like I was able to watch that movie and like instantly pick out like, this is Christian propaganda. This is what this is selling, you know? And so, I mean, I could probably go back and watch it and enjoy it a little bit more because I've processed the critical aspect of things. Um, But like I said, I get weary knowing culturally, that a lot of people have attached to like satanic panic, like thinking, and a lot of people don't do research and a lot of people are really going to latch on to this is based on a true story. This happened that, you know, without actually understanding the whole thing. And yeah, just once again, there is a lot of truth in the story of Arnie Johnson. There is nothing rooted in reality about Uh, the finding of occult objects, um, the, the witchcraft element, the idea that there was this spooky witch that lived underground that was making all this happen, that completely fictional to add another layer to the story. And I also, just from a storytelling perspective, I don't know. I don't know that I felt they needed to do all that. I think the Arnie Johnson story is pretty interesting by itself.
0: Maybe, (laughs) but it's a pondering movie, you know, (laughs) it's like in this universe.
1: But I think they could have done just just more with that story without adding on this like layer of Satanism and witchcraft, you know, It, it I guess to me, it felt like a cheap shot.
0: Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I feel like I feel like maybe I disagree. I think if it was because one, I don't think I, we were ever going to get you know a, like a a deep character study, nuanced story in a Conjuring movie of like what happened with Arnie Johnson. You know, um, I also think that like,
1: but why not? Like, why can't we? I
0: think that's not. I, I, yeah, I, I think there that movie could exist. I think in this franchise, I think this is like a really fun palatable spook show of a franchise you know that like we're looking for scares and like sometimes great scares and conjuring one and two that like fucking scary movie right but it's also like popcorn you know i'm not like saying that in a in a derogatory way but the themes of family and love and all that are on the forefront of this spooky scary story that like i don't know i don't know maybe in this this arnie johnson i don't know i don't know I'm not thinking about it, and I, and I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's fair.
0: Because <laughs> then, because now I'm thinking that, like, yeah, maybe Conjuring one and two were fucking scary,
1: exactly. And, no. and that, but
0: but since then, we've been given such like three Annabelle movies, a non movie, Crystal mm. Light, Urana. That I don't know. Maybe that like the the well has been you know diluted a bit. Uh, you know that like that like maybe I my my expectation of what this franchise will bring has. Been less scary, you know what I mean? That like mm-hmm. res- risky, so it maybe it could have been really rad for them to use this movie and make like a real wow. I just talked myself <laughs> from one way and came out the other side a changed man. Yeah,
1: <laughs> love love to see it.
0: Like <laughs> could have been rad, could have been rad. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, like that's. I mean, yeah, like it just all felt yeah very very Hollywood and very which obviously that yeah that's what this franchise is but like i i think just like you said as the first conjuring movie show there's tons of potential in these actual stories right like yeah no need to add on a layer that isn't rooted in the story at all and is also um fueling the fire of like mass hysteria Yeah, what I mean.
0: Yeah, that's fair. But like, I will, I will just get back to my original defense, and that like, I did like the occult angle because it was new. That like, we are eight movies in, and it's all. You wanted
1: something fresh, yeah. I I wanted
0: something fresh, and this was fresh. You know that like curses and call and like like witches and like the the actual totems she's putting in these like dark magic i was like yeah i like that this exists in this world too you know i like that now we could like in a world that we've got spooky nun castles and
1: and, (laughs) you know
0: like the crooked man and the fairy man you know that like yeah yeah it's not just ghosts and demons but like I like that the supernatural can also exist within. For but
1: sure. I think, like I said, it ultimately for me comes back to just the icky feeling that I get from
0: blatant,
1: like Christian propaganda,
0: right? It's like- there. <laughs> but maybe so- that's inherent to all exorcism stories. I mean, it's like, but wouldn't it be cool your soul, to right? see a
1: good one done without it? Like, I feel like that could be really interesting if someone could make that work. Like,
0: yeah. to an extent, isn't that the exorcist? Right, I yeah. mean the 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 father. What's his name? God, I'm just a bad freaking horror fan. But he mm-hmm. like, has a crisis of faith the entire movie. Yeah, like he's totally. going in, like doubting it, um, and you don't really know by the end if he <laughs> comes to one mm-hmm. conclusion or the next.
1: Totally. But, so yeah. So Conjuring Three, Devil Made Me Do It, Complicated Feelings. I also yeah, I I there there were things about it that. We're just a fun, you know, horror movie. Like, so, I get it. Um,
0: 10 out of 10. Happy Harvest Horror Show recommends. <laughs> I
1: 100. I do not sign off on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. But diving deeper into the Conjuring universe, I, so like, I missed this. Like, I, you know, and I've seen the other Conjurings when they first came out. I've seen La Llorona. Mm-hmm. i watched annabelle creation like, yeah last night i really enjoyed that one
0: that one's rad um
1: i haven't seen the nun i didn't make it to the nun mm-hmm. unfortunately um but i was i i don't know why but like i didn't know the connection between the conjuring universe and an amityville horror like amityville that's horror
0: that's why 2 is so rad it <laughs> opens in the amityville horror house i
1: know it's like the like an amityville horror i was super into as a kid like that story and like i i i remember watching the original amityville horror movie just and and then there was the early 2000s one too and just fully i was fully all in On the story of Amityville horror. Like, I loved it. I remember, I don't know the truth of this at all, but I remember one of my mom's friends told me that her ex boyfriend painted the Amityville horror house. (laughs) And I was like, dope.
0: (laughs) it's funny that we bring up Amityville because we just got done talking about like real life versus fiction Mm -hmm. you know and like playing fast and loose with like the the details and I feel like I mean the Conjuring movies we're we're eight movies in we've got the double movie do it there it's no stranger to really rewriting things like Mm -hmm. you know it's basically fact at this point that like there's nothing spooky that happened disappointingly at the Amityville house you know that like other than the awful murder Um, yeah (laughs) other than the awful... so <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about spooky stuff come on
1: other than the terrible murder
0: <laughs> right like the, the the I mean many people come in like it's not freaking haunted you know yeah yeah, um, yeah and then uh conjuring 2 right off the bat opening scene yeah the big demon Malin. she is she is the the the, the 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 source of the pain in this house you know and it's like okay so i mean like in that way that's a small example of what we were just talking about with conjuring three right that's totally like, and i think that's why
1: there. i think that's why some part of me like just feel some type of way about it is because i think i am not anti-paranormal like i ha- i have had some experiences that i would conclude as paranormal I do believe people have real paranormal experiences like all of that I am very open to but I don't like narratives of let's justify a terrible thing a human did with a paranormal reason yeah (laughs) not a fan not a fan of that like (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) and
1: can I yes and that?
0: <laughs> yes and I think that like all these movies do it. Yeah, you know? totally.
1: No, you're so. you're right. You're totally right. <laughs>
0: um but yeah, big fan. Big fan of conjuring one. I mean, should we just go through them at this yeah, point? Like- yeah,
1: let's do it. Let's do it. Um hold on. I do wanna, I don't think I was clear about that though. So all of the conjuring movies, as we mentioned, Are based around the tale, like tales of the Warrens, of Mm -hmm. Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were real people, real uh, ghost hunters, psychic investigators, all of this. And one of their biggest stories was the Amityville Horror House. So I think, like, that is kind of the start of both the reality and then also the like pop culture conception of who the Warrens were starts, Mm -hmm. I think with Amityville horror, because that was the first story to really hit the mainstream, right? With a movie in the seventies and there was the book that was like big. Um, And then the Warrens also published a lot of books about their wild stories they had in you know helping people with various possessions and demons and all of these things
0: including the devil made me do it
1: there you go including the devil made me do it um and then yeah fast forward to 2000s and and it's like let's let's take these stories and really build something here and so that's where that's that's where we are with conjuring one
0: yeah, Conjuring's one. It's rad. I mean, we don't have to go through the plot of each one. You know, I don't want to yeah. spoil. Just pick out what we like and don't like, you know, about... I think what I love about Conjuring 1 is one, it kind of... Re- it was set in the 70s, you know, as a movie. And it and it really presented itself as a 70s horror movie. You mm-hmm. know, with the, the scrolling text is very scary based on a true story. It was presented very sleek. The scares were very scary you know i remember that just the trailer that was going around before the movie was horrifying i remember it was the the clap game do you remember that
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: this game where she would close her eyes and people would clap and you'd have to go find them and you'd announce clap we see where you are and then in the trail this was this would show before movies for months before this and I remember every movie I would see and see this trailer I'd get fucking freaked out (laughs) Um, and it was infamous so when we finally saw the movie and it was actually scarier than the trailer it was like holy shit you know and it also I thought this movie did a good job of making you scared of possession again that there were a lot of I mean, a lot of possession movies, you know, that we had to go through. Uh it was kind of a tired trope at this point. But then to get to this and and presented it in a pretty gnarly, scary way, and to present like this, like it spells out how they get to you. This is what got to me watching it of like you can't become possessed. Every Catholic knows this. You cannot become possessed. You have to invite them in. Like they can't just come in willy nilly, right? <laughs> uh, but like this movie, like showed that, like no, that they have ways to get you, and that they will, mm-hmm. they will break you down. They will scare you. They will like mess with your head until finally you just give in, and then, and then your soul is theirs. And that was like, man, like <laughs> you know,
1: oh shit, huh? oh
0: shit. <laughs> Yeah, I. It, it, no one ever told me that they could do that. You know, <laughs> I thought I would just have to play with a Ouija board once, and then I was donezo. you know, like I had to, I had to make a bad choice, it, it didn't tell me that they could. You know, really mess with me for a long time before. You know, uh, I thought that was scary, and it was an secluded house. Ed and Patrick Wilson and Vera were great. What about you? What you like the first one? You like-
1: I So I haven't watched it in a long time, but I did really enjoy it. I remember being very stoked on it. I can't really go like deep into details, but I do remember being very excited about it. And I think that's also part of the complications of everything I'm trying to explain here is because obviously I have the, uh, similar to you, the I grew up Catholic. I find these Catholic horror stories spooky and interesting background and at the same time i'm like you're not gonna get me with your fear tactics catholic church
0: <laughs> i know your tricks
1: so it's like um it's like a little battle inside of me um, <laughs> um but i do remember yeah i do remember just really enjoying it and like because i've always been into the the, the paranormal horror right so like anything that does involve like Ghosts, demons, all of that typically grabs my attention. Yeah. Um, But from what I remember, once again, it's been a long time, but it did just seem like compared to like Conjuring 3, a more straightforward story. Of yeah. Polished. Right? Yeah. Know. Polished. Polished. That's a great. I like. Pol- I like polished. In- Who doesn't like polished? I know.
0: <laughs> on your movies right? on your shoes. It works. And it's great.
1: Yeah. Before we go further, should we take a quick break? Because Brian needs to buy a poster.
0: This is real. I have to <laughs> kind of drop and it will sell out in seconds. So we're going to take a quick break.
1: He's going to go buy a spooky poster, y'all. Now let's it's, see if
0: I'm successful.
1: It's for, it's, you know, it's for the cause. It's a spooky, it's a cool. Listen, spooky it's spooky. Poster. Okay. <laughs> and we'll be back to continue this conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That thing sold out in under 40 seconds.
1: You got it, though. I can't got it. <laughs> Proud of you.
0: I've failed many times at these, so it feels real good <laughs> when you make it. It's well, so once- funny the collector biz, you know, because people are like i want i want to give you money you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) begging to give you money and they're like nope only this many
1: but that's what builds i know the the desire (laughs) like that's never never ready smart business it is but once you get it you should uh you should show it to the audience on one of our recordings, so they can. I will. See. I will. So they <laughs> can see the cool spooky poster you just bought. I'll take it. Yeah.
0: It's from the same artist that you, you see back here, Bride of Frankenstein. You can't see the whole poster. It's a beautiful poster, though. Same artist. Big fan of this artist, and he did a, uh, a horror of Dracula, um, uh, Christopher Lee's Hammer Dracula film. Big fan. Looks great. Beautiful colors. Can't wait.
1: Very, um, very
0: cool. Very fun.
1: All right. Conjuring universe. That's what we were talking about.
0: What we talking about one, were we would just talk about the first one.
1: Yeah, we did. We did one. Um, you said two was your favorite.
0: Two is my favorite one.
1: <laughs> well, tell me, tell me why. I'm not going to lie. I know I've seen two. I don't remember it very well, though. So I'm, two I'm just going to let you tell the people why two is so great.
0: Let's take a let's take a walk down Conjuring Two Lane, right? Okay, well, first off, we open in the Amityville house. Rad. You know, yeah. like here we go. We're we're starting hard. And and it lives up to it because it, you know, the opening scene has Ed and Lorraine come into the house and, and Lorraine is going through the house and the way it's shot is very scary. How she's like reliving the murders, you know, and like it's pretty dark. She's a medium, so she's like inhabiting the killer as he goes through and kills his family throughout the house. Super yeah. dark, fucking like,
1: not chilling. straight up. Not a good time.
0: Not a good time. Chilling. She gets to the basement, finds um, uh, what well, we find out is Valak, but he takes the form of a demon that takes the form of a scary nun. And this nun is not chill. Nun got its own spinoff movie. The nun which we'll <laughs> talk about. But the nun just existing in the conjuring 2 it's like the scariest fucking thing in the world it's so (laughs) the the, the creature design um the later on in the movie there's a whole scene within the warren house of the nun like haunting lorraine horror horrifying oh my god like the tricks that they pull off that nun freaked me the hell out dude (laughs) i said that my favorite part about the the conjuring universe is the the love between the Warrens, right? That like there's that's the backbone that makes us love them so much more and that makes it so much scarier because we don't want anything bad to happen to them. Right. Mm-hmm. There is a there's a scene where Patrick Wilson sings on a guitar to the family, sings to basically a song about Lorraine and he's his own rendition of Can't Help Falling in Love. And it's so sweet. And you you're watching this and you're like Something's bad's gonna happen, you know. The rug's gonna get pulled out. This is is too nice, and nothing does because it's just nice. It's just, and it's like it shouldn't be revolutionary just for like them to go. I really love you. (laughs) We shouldn't have the director come in and go psych, death. You know,
1: it's just nice for nice's sake. I like that. And Patrick's
0: got such nice pipes. He's such a nice singer.
1: Also. uh, once again, casting there, he uh the difference between the movie Warrens and the real life Warrens, he is the perfect choice for I, I am sweet, nice boy. Like his face just says, like, you can't,
0: you I am can't kind falling in love with him, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. Like he just has he has a kindness in his eyes. He really does. <laughs>
0: And it's so sweet. It's so sweet. Um, I think the story is, is exhilarating. I think that it, there's fun twists and turns to it. I like the new case. It's it's in a small, you know, London townhouse. It's great. I think it's fun. I don't know. I just, I think the two is the is the most explosively, like, fun and scary of all of them. And it ends nice, too. Like, what a concept. Yeah. <laughs> It's nice. just nice. <laughs> so, anyway,
1: Conjuring Two. I want to talk Annabelle. Which one? Well, I just watched Creation.
0: Okay, like okay. Well, one, twenty-four hours ago. One happened. Okay, one
1: happened. Yes,
0: one one stumbled, so the next two could run. I think is what happened. It set up the world. Uh, Creation was a was a prequel to Annabelle. Mm-hmm. So it was like the forming of the doll. Uh, Creation was super fun starring what's her name from uh Sabrina oh
1: Miranda Otto yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I get told a lot that I look like Miranda Otto like when she was in because she was in um uh Lord of the Rings when she was in it Lord was. Of, <laughs> her her character in Lord of the Rings people are always I like I am you no look man like <laughs> yeah so which I'm cool with because she you know she's in the Sabrina she's in like yeah. I'm I'm into that. Like that's kind of that's kind of where I'm going. Is like witchy aunt you
0: started as a, a Rohan shield maiden, and you are making your way
1: <laughs> to witchy aunt. <laughs> to witchy aunt. <laughs> yep. Yes, uh, um, but yeah. So Annabelle's the story behind Annabelle is really fun too, and this actually brings me back to my boys at BuzzFeed Unsolved because they mm-hmm. did a whole a whole thing on the story of the Annabelle doll. And basically where it comes from, according to the Warrens in 1968, two roommates claimed that their raggedy Ann doll was possessed by the spirit of a young girl named Annabelle Higgins. And the Warrens took the doll and claimed it was being manipulated by an inhuman presence. And then they put it, This is very interesting, too. They put it on display in the Warrens have and ran for many years an occult museum in their backyard where they put on display these occult objects from their investigations. This is this is real life. This is real life Warren stuff. We're not talking movies. Um, so they have this occult museum, which is featured in one of the Conjuring movies. I can't remember which
0: one. Well, it's just a room in their home, right? And most yeah. of them, they keep all the, the artifacts.
1: Yeah, but it's like an actual thing in their backyard um, mm. that is currently closed, but that was a pretty recent thing. And BuzzFeed Unsolved goes. They go to the Warrens Occult Museum and visit. And I love it. It's super spooky and also kitschy. Like, it's very, like, it's all these weird occult objects. And this is, I think this is where the complication of the Warrens comes from, too, right? Or part of it. It's like... There, they built this whole persona. We are devout Catholics, and we are ridding the world of evil demons and all of this. And then we're going to collect evil objects and charge you to come look at them. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> An American through and through.
1: I know, right? I'm like, wow, that is something. Um, but at the Occult Museum, they have the doll in, it's like in plexiglass. the doll that legendarily inspired Annabelle. And right next to it, I think Ed Warren stapled the devil tarot card. Like, right next to the Annabelle doll. Going hard. Go watch the Buzzfeed Unsolved. You can see the whole thing. Like, it's okay. right there. Okay. Um, but what I think is really interesting is with the Annabelle story is if you've seen the Annabelle movies, you get a very like creepy doll with like creepy eyes and like kind of a messed up face. The upsetting. actual yeah. it's it's upsetting. Yeah. The actual Annabelle doll was a raggedy and doll. It was just your classic raggedy and doll. And I posed this to our, to our followers on Instagram which do you prefer? Like, should they have stayed true to a haunted raggedy ann doll? Because that's pretty terrifying too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I like the new doll. I think it's scarier than a raggedy ann. Yeah. I think you can make a raggedy ann scary. Sure. I think I think when I when I look at Annabelle, the new one, the porcelain doll, right off the bat, I'm like, absolutely not. You know? And design worked you know whereas in Annabelle you have to convince me that 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 is scary so I feel that's why I prefer the the porcelain
1: I think I prefer raggedy Ann just for uh, the sake of staying true to the story like it feels it feels more real it feels more real and I'm not gonna lie I thought that when I was watching Annabelle creation. Yeah. And there's the scene where they're going to the house and uh, like they're in the bus, like the girls are and they're going to the house and the two little girls are sitting there and they're holding these like porcelain these old porcelain dolls in their laps and stuff. And I and and old porcelain dolls are just creepy. You know, like yeah. they're See? No, See? they are. They they're just they're just naturally creepy. I give you that for sure. But I had a moment of, like, I I have a hard time, like, believing that girls in the 60s and 70s were super attached to their porcelain dolls, you know? Like, as a kid, I was never attached to, like, something that looked like that. I would be more attached to a Raggedy Ann doll, you know? Yeah. And so there's almost something insidious about the idea of, like, A comforting toy, a toy that isn't just fundamentally creepy, than being possessed by a demon.
0: I think there's more of a presence with porcelain dolls. Now we're getting into just the nature of (laughs) creepy dolls right <laughs> i think there's we more, really
1: are we really are get into the, the nitty-gritty dolls, of it <laughs> right
0: that they're and they're like they're harder duh but they're also like breakable you know yeah, and totally. so you have to take more care of them whereas raggedy Ann, they could be you could get stuck under the sofa cushion but like a porcelain will you know you're always aware of where it is unless it'll break you know so you, it's just, you're you gonna be hard-pressed to find like a, a raggedy Ann that's gonna make me go uh, that's the devil you know versus raggedy,
1: so like raggedy and dolls are kind of weird though like they're kind of weird and sure weird.
0: are they like, evil though i don't know
1: are clowns evil like it's like Definitively,
0: it's a, yes we, we it's, there's no coming back
1: it's the same vibe though raggedy and gives off clown vibes
0: before clowns were evil though <laughs>
1: I like I love that you and I are taking like hard stances
0: on this. We, yeah, we got like if you if you have a strong opinion one way or the other, you if you agree and you are correct that the porcelain dolls are scarier and that they're more sinister than the Raggedy Ann.
1: I'm not arguing that porcelain dolls aren't scarier. I'm arguing for the sake of the story, I think staying true to the Raggedy Ann doll would have been kind of, it could have been creepier. That's what I'm saying. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Anyways, Annabelle. So yeah, there are are some real accounts, real stories of this this Raggedy Ann doll that was possessed by a spirit, according to the Warrens. And it is housed in the currently closed, but when I looked it up, it's a temporarily closed. So I'm hoping it'll like open. There's hope back up one day cuz I would love to go. And in case that doesn't happen though, head to the Buzzfeed Unsolved where they check out the Warren's Occult Museum. Um it is full of really weird magical occult material. Seems pretty cool. And on Buzzfeed Unsolved it's really fun because like Ryan is terrified the whole time and Shane who doesn't believe in ghosts at all is like trying to fuck with the doll and like <laughs> It's like, it's like being very disrespectful to the doll and it's quite funny. But yes, so that is like kind of the background that led to the Annabelle movies, which are super fun as well. And I did, I did really enjoy watching Creation the other night. Um, But once again, we have, you know, we're taking the concept of of a haunted doll and really, really running with it.
0: Oh, yeah. Which I, that's why I liked Annabelle Comes Home a lot. I think that's my favorite of the three Annabelle movies because, well, one, Annabelle Creation establishes that, yeah, the doll is creepy, but the doll is not the demon there's something possessing the doll that's the scary part right. so when we get to annabelle comes home which takes place in the warren's house not long after the events of conjuring one it's basically like a spooky slumber party movie um mm-hmm. you know it's it it's all kids that are at the forefront of the main characters overnight while the warrens are out and you could just get like a oh, bunch of spooky characters that all deserve their own spin-off movies and we'll all probably get one you know um,
1: there is a lot of money in the con universe there's a universe. lot of money
0: but that's what made the movie was so fun it was like a spooky haunted house walking through you know yeah, it had the yeah. same vibe these kids are running through and like oh my gosh there's a there's a shogun knight in armor chasing me and now there's a ferryman ghost and now there's a you know that's a like game. night
1: night at the museum energy
0: <laughs> <laughs> a little bit right in a, in a spooky way there's a, a, a bloody bride that chases them which i will always find bloody bride ghosts so scary i yeah. remember sidebar the haunted mansion ride going as a kid the the ghost in the attic with the glowing heart, the bride, it's something about that fucking scary. Um, um,
1: sidebar true story. When I was in high school, uh, one time me and one of my best friends were just driving around late at night because that's what you do when you're in high school. Um and <laughs> Oh, we're we're driving around late at night and we're we're still very much like in the city, but we're in some of the darker roads that are kind of like leading into the outskirts of the city, you know, and right. where it's like houses are a little more distant um, kind of thing. And it's late. It's it's quite late. And I think we were like telling spooky stories or something. Maybe, maybe I'm making that up, but we're, it's just me and her. And we're, I think we were heading back home. Yeah, we were coming back home. So we're coming back from like the outsides of, of the city and super dark, still on roads where there's not a lot of streetlights. Like they're pretty, um, pretty sporadic. And we drive past a house, just like, off to the side and we both saw it it was just like and I don't even know why we both saw it like I don't know why we were both looking that way it like didn't make sense but we were and it was just just a house and in front of the house on the front porch there was just this like old bright white wedding gown hanging like on the porch (laughs) and we literally like we both saw it and immediately we're like did you see that (laughs) like it was terrifying and it haunts me to this day just this this it was because it was yeah it was like a wedding gown it was a white gown and it didn't look very contemporary and yeah. no one was outside and there weren't lights. You could just see it because it was white. So like it reflected the moonlight. It was terrifying, terrifying.
0: <laughs> they're scary. Yeah. Brides, man. Come on.
1: Brides are scary. Brides are
0: scary. Brides are scary. <laughs> and there's one that shows up and comes home and she's spooky. She's really scary. You know, she's covered in blood. But yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a, That's what I loved about Comes Home. That it's not just like you said, they're really running with the, the possessed doll gimmick you know Mm -hmm. and so i liked in this one that it was like all right it's not just a doll
1: yeah it's dolls dolls will get you like i threw a dolls will
0: get you
1: (laughs) i threw a halloween party in grad school and i had i didn't have like a ton of money but i wanted to like have fun with the decorations and so we went to a thrift shop And the best thing, you know, we got like a lot of like kitschy Halloween stuff. But the best thing hands down I bought was just a cheap ass doll. And then we got home and I took a Sharpie and I colored in the doll's eyes just completely black. Everyone at the party was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Like like everyone was pissed about the doll with the black eyes.
0: I love that. Yeah. It's they're so effective. I mean like uh uh the movie The Woman in Black. Um mm-hmm. with Daniel Radcliffe. I remember joking with friends in college about just the the set design of that movie, the production design because it's just filled with dolls. Mm-hmm. And we were just like whoever ran this show, like fuck you. Like yeah. Absolutely. Where <laughs> could go straight did you to get hell. Hundreds of these dolls. And are you okay? You know? <laughs> like <laughs>
1: okay that's great yeah dolls man yeah dolls i think going back to our earlier debate dolls in general i think we can just all agree they are they are in line with clowns at this point right dolls are dolls crazy. have a
0: creepy presence clowns mm-hmm. will kill you
1: <laughs> clowns will murder am you. i wrong <laughs> 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 okay okay we gotta keep moving there's so much um so much all right All so right. That was- so that was the Annabelle's uh La Llorona I really liked this movie okay. um I I like this one because I I mean obviously it's still it's still connecting to the Catholic roots right like it very much so but it it's dealing with um I think a more it's dealing with just like a more interesting like folk story, right? That uh, so it it falls a little more into like the folk horror realm, which I thought was really fun. Okay,
0: I don't mean to be like dismissive. I thought I thought the story. I agree. I think the, the the source material is very spooky. I think I liked a lot of it. Um, yeah. I mean the it.
1: yeah, just the 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 yeah the the folk tale itself is.
0: It's scary. Yeah. I thought the the scares in this one were pretty stale. Yeah, um, a lot of jump scares that didn't scare. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That like is what I remember most about this one. Um,
1: I I just felt I guess of all of the Conjuring universe, I felt like this one took a bit of a departure, and it's you know, um, obviously representing different populations and like just showing a new hundred oh, percent angle Um, to the you know the rest of the conjuring universe which is like super white um so i i thought that was cool and i was like yeah and i know the la llorona folktale is very embedded in like mexican culture and so i was like this is cool i'm glad that this franchise is going this direction you know yeah
0: no, I agree. I agree. I like I like diversifying the stories that we get. Yeah. I just specifically um yeah, the scares. I don't know. Um, which it, it's all subjective, what scares you, what not. Yeah. I also totally. saw it on a plane. So take that with a grain of salt, you know, my opinion.
1: The plane movie is like, a it's always a different experience.
0: And especially if it's scary, I'm seeing it this big.
1: Yeah, I don't think I, I I don't think I've, I, I will not watch a horror movie, I think, on a plane because I just don't, I just don't think plane movie. Like plane movies to me are like. I don't know, like those random kind of like B level, like comedy movies that end up having like really um, like star studded casts, but like, aren't that good, but have a couple of funny moments. That's a plane movie. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) It's like, I don't, if I'm on a plane, I'm not trying to like watch a movie. I'm, I'm more like,
0: but then again, you know, we're in a world sometimes where the plane movies, they're not out yet. They're still kind of in theaters. And so I think that's how I saw it. I was like, I haven't seen it yet and this is a free viewing of it so
1: still you got to take advantage you got to take advantage you got to
0: when you can but it ruined the movie for me maybe so
1: <laughs> so don't watch that one on a plane um,
0: <laughs> um we also have another you know staying in the universe another dud for Brian was the nun
1: I uh, haven't seen the nun so this this is you
0: okay let me take let me take it. like <laughs> i just said in the conjuring 2 the nun is terrifying scariest part mm-hmm. rocked me You're like i hate that thing it never the whole movie never got easier to look at <laughs> you know very scary. i love
1: the concept of a scary nun i'm so on board with that
0: and then they're like we're gonna get their own movie i'm like cool and they're like yeah it's gonna be set in a romanian um gothic castle and i was like fucking cool yeah, like are you kidding great. me this is the best thing ever one it's not really it's it's set in the 50s which i was like oh okay you know <laughs> like romanian castle we could have gotten more gothic you know mm-hmm. two uh it starts off strong you got a nice beautiful gothic vibe is it's set around tessa Ferminga, which is the younger sister of vera Ferminga, which is just an interesting casting of like okay so this is going to be something right doesn't end up being anything so you're like we're in the same universe and two actors are siblings and you're not like it's not it could have been a younger you know lorraine It could have been something um, that could
1: have created a very interesting
0: tension for sure could have been great <laughs> I didn't Do anything with it the movie also stops being scary at some point like like how do you <laughs> make a movie about a scary nun in a gothic castle and then it's set in the horror genre and then it eventually turns into like a spooky indiana jones mm. when when they bring in the actual literal blood of christ as a weapon to defeat Ooh. oh <laughs> like, that's a move the blood of it's Christ, a move. baby Hell. it's a move <laughs> Like I said, that came across less as scary and more like, yeah, that's a move. I that's a move in
1: youth, that is a know? check in the Catholic propaganda, <laughs> like, column. Right. <laughs> um,
0: but how it ties into the, the actual larger narrative is, um, at the end, uh, the Valak, who is the nun, goes into a dude, and the dude is the person that the, the Lorraine's ran the exorcism on at the beginning of the first conjuring. So oh circle we're getting that a nun too at some
1: point. That doesn't seem very seamless. That seems
0: none of this is seamless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's not where the, the, the thing I don't know about the conjuring universe is it's like, Oh yeah, this movie is connected to that because the same priest is in it. Like,
1: yeah. oh, <laughs> oh, That's I see. how they're
0: connected. You know, um, <laughs> but um, oh man (laughs) i wanted to love the nun i that might have been why i was so disappointed with the nun Is i went in going this can't fail and then it like really didn't win i have friends that liked it more than i did so uh, to other people they might have liked it but for me i wanted yeah
1: i don't know i i like in theory yeah i love the idea of a spooky nun but i don't i don't know i don't know if that sounds worth my time at the moment
0: for a spooky Indiana Jones, <laughs> jaunt, you know, now we're looking, that's all of them. We've covered yeah, all the, the, we did the
1: it. Stuff. We, we did all of them. So now we can wrap this baby up with some, some stuff that is uh controversial and shady <laughs> and not great. Uh, to be honest, I, I encourage you, if this is interesting to you, if you have a vested interest in the conjuring universe, to go deeper into the Warrens because there are still a lot of people that sing their praises all the time that make me a bit uncomfortable when I see that. Uh, I was just watching a YouTube video that was, it was produced by, you know, I think Warner brothers, whoever produces the conjuring movies. So um, it was very much with a certain voice in mind and it, gathered together a lot of paranormal investigators that like sing the Warrens praises and to be to be fair the Warrens did kind of establish the script for a lot of contemporary paranormal investigation they were some of the first people that were kind of documenting these things and you know using using the gadgets and and the things that we talked about on our ghost hunting episode and there is a very seamless connection between the Warrens and a lot of like ghost hunting TV like it does uh, they did do a lot for creating the blueprint you know obviously that's complicated because the bigger discussion that I keep bringing up of like the Christian propaganda, you know, a lot of people who sing their praises are also just devout Christians, which fine, like I'm not telling anyone what to believe, but it doesn't really leave room for people who want to study the paranormal outside of that system. Um, So what I think you see, at least what I saw in my research is a lot of people trying to investigate these things through a specifically christian catholic lens which i'm like it'd be cool to see uh, more people doing it outside of that because it it has a a certain purpose that it is aiming for when when you're doing it in that way, like that same YouTube video I was just talking about. There is some dude who's a big like paranormal investigator, is also devoutly Catholic, loves the Warrens, and he was just like basically talking shit about tarot. Like he just kept talking shit about tarot. <laughs> and I was like, I don't need that energy in my life, dude. Um, <laughs> um, so so there's there's complications in belief system and how you approach the uh the study of the paranormal. But yes, Ed and Lorraine Warren, very very devoutly catholic, they established the New England Society for Psychic Research aka Nesper in 1952. Mm. That's pretty baller. Like mm. <laughs> that's a cool thing. Like I said pioneers for modern day ghost hunting. Just did a lot of work in this world and I am not even trying to like say that I'm not trying to discredit discredit them fully or anything. I'm sure they like saw some shit. Like I'm sur- sure they did some shit and had some real experiences. Like I think that's uh, entirely possible and entirely likely. And I know there are certain families that feel they were really helped by the Warrens, which great love that for sure. you. You know, that's wonderful. <laughs> um, However, there has also been a lot of weird legal stuff that's come up over the Warrens, a lot of allegations. Oh, yeah. A lot. That suggest maybe their relationship wasn't as cute and loving and pious as we like to think, <laughs> and as is de- displayed in the movies, unfortunately. There is a pretty hefty allegation. I'm not going to go into all the details. There's. There's a whole Hollywood reporter article about it which like I also don't like tabloid energy so I'm not going to go like into the all of the details but there's an allegation that Ed Warren was like with Lorraine's knowledge was sleeping with an underage girl for many years that sucks that a sucks. lot there are also Allegations that uh, possibly she became pregnant and then they pretty much pressured her into getting an abortion, which is an interesting thing because they're They're devout Catholics. So once again, allegations, I'm not, you know, I, 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 I look into it, look into it. But there's there's suggestion that some like shady shit was going on. There's also some allegations that Ed was abusive to Lorraine. Then people have talked about how Lorraine. Um, there was one one quote that was something along the lines of like, Lorraine's real god is money. <laughs> so like <laughs> like harsh shit. But like I don't know. I don't know. Uh- um and
0: that's step that back to full circle this conversation. Big fan of the film universe <laughs> of the Warren. Love yeah. Patrick Wilson. Love I,
1: So this this actually brings us back to the beginning of this episode. After watching three, after watching The Devil Made Me Do It, at the end they show clips of the Warrens like from the eighties. Yeah. Instantly. I like instantly I was like, I do not trust those people. <laughs> <laughs> like the real Warrens from the eight. Like I, my instinct was, I do not trust them. And like, yeah, you know, I, I, you can't make a case on intuition alone. I'm not, you know, but
0: but here I, we go. Here we go.
1: Yeah. I was just like, I do not get good vibes. I do not get good vibes. Like I get very different vibes from the movie. And then there are also, I watched some videos with Lorraine that were more contemporary, basically right before her death. Both Ed and Lorraine have passed and, you know, and, and she's a little bit more cute old lady vibes in more contemporary stuff. And I'm like, I, 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 I see that. Like I get, yeah why people are like oh this sweet old lady like but the videos from the from the 80s I don't I don't trust them and to be fair I don't trust a lot of people but <laughs> but I I my intuition was not feeling great I guess all of that to say like I said I don't like tabloid energy I'm I'm not trying to like make a big case one way or the other but if you have bought in to the conjuring depiction of the Warrens, you know, it's good to balance that with some, some reality, I think. That's yeah. all.
0: That's that's all. important to note. I'm glad that you brought it up.
1: That's all no. I want to say. Um, because it seems like some not great things were probably going on and A uh, is
0: just history of human beings.
1: Exactly. It's it is, it's history of human beings, but so it also don't you know I think because the Warrens in the films give off such a wonderful loving energy it's, it's really easy to buy into this they are just good and they just like are doing good in the world and like I said ridding it of demons and it's really yeah. easy to buy into the good versus evil binary sure I think I just, I just want nuance, you guys. I just want some nuance. <laughs>
0: so mad. Well, maybe you'll get it in the upcoming nun sequel. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> or the upcoming Crooked Man. It's getting his own spinoff.
1: Okay, tell me, tell me more. Do you know more about this? Do you know? Anything?
0: Do you remember Crooked Man from the Conjuring Two?
1: Not specifically,
0: there's a, there's a there's like a fairy tale, the crooked man, um, and there's a part where he comes in and he's like a slender man, scary. Oh, part. that sounds part. cool, yeah. Um, and what they're going for is like a uh, uh, they want to make like a dark fairy tale sort of own spin-off world. like Annabelle was his own spin-off world. The crooked man is supposed to kick off another dark mm. spin-off world. Um, and each iteration will be a different like take and feel. Uh, so I'm fingers intrigued. crossed on the crooked man.
1: I mean, uh, maybe
0: you'll get that nuance in the dark <laughs> fairy tale.
1: I feel like we're there. I feel like the best horror that's being made right now is very nuanced, you know? So that's why I'm like, I'd love to see yeah. that happen in this universe a little bit, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you might also get it cause it's, it's, it's movies and it's also branching into comics. Now uh, I got the first issue right now.
1: Fun conjuring the lover. That's, Featuring our
0: favorite cool. witch from the third movie not controversial at all um <laughs> <laughs> um the the comic is very fun uh the art is great i mean just like look at this this is like this is good beautiful stuff. good stuff and it's and it's very much uh Told like a classic pulpy story like at one point i love this hey kids want to you want a secret decoder ring is what it says and it has this whole you know like fun spooky oh that
1: ad. yeah that's and fun
0: you, you solve the puzzle and i went through and solved the puzzle and it was like a clue into who what was behind the curse in the movie um so it was fun it's a great fun tie-in so if you're into comics i'm, I'm a fan so far of the the conjuring the lover and uh yeah, I hope the universe keeps growing because at the end of the day, uh, the, nothing else like this is out there, right? We've got mm-hmm. sequels out there, we've got universes, but like shared universes of horror, you know, like this is at this scale, it's pretty rare. Um, no,
1: it's a, it's an impressive empire. I yeah. will not deny.
0: <laughs> and so, keep it going. Keep it. Keep keep showing up, you know, and find. a one's corner at some point
1: yeah if we could maybe find a director that wants to come in and play the gray area a little bit more i would be excited by that (laughs) yeah
0: don't you touch my film version of the warrens they are pure (laughs) they sing love songs on the guitar to each other they are good
1: (laughs) they are pure and they are good (laughs) all right Let's wrap this baby up. This was this was a lot, but would love to hear your thoughts on The Conjuring Universe. I know I uh, threw out some pretty intense, possibly controversial opinions there.
0: And I just like liking things.
1: <laughs> um. So hit us up. Happy Harvest Horror Show at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts um, on on any of it, any any of your favorite Conjuring films, and also any topics you'd like to hear our thoughts on. What's up? Yeah. And yeah, also hit up the book club, hit up the Twitch stream, hit us up on Instagram, Happy Harvest Store Show. We got things join going on. Join the Happy on. Harvest
0: Cult, you know, join yeah. us
1: and we're just we're we're cruising right into uh into the season so now is the time to do it for sure hey 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 all right we'll catch y'all next time thanks for listening bye, bye.